All right. So The Exorcist was released in 1974 and it became a worldwide phenomenon. Or was it 73? Or was it, it was 73. 73. In 1973, The Exorcist released and it sparked a wave of imitators throughout Europe and the rest of the world. One of those films was a very special Spanish film uh, by the filmmaker Armando de Osorio. And that is the film we're discussing tonight. It is Demon Witch Child. Da, da, da. AKA the Possessed. Yes. It's AKA, that video. Oh. I'm possessed. Yeah. AKA La Endomoniada. Here's a movie that you never seen. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles. There'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years. It's time for death by video. Time for death by video. And now the show will begin. It says by video. I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And I'm Graham saying welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. Uh, the Halloween season is upon us, and so we're going to be doing some uh, some some horror films for a little while. So uh, I chose this movie, Demon Witch Child. I had never heard of it before until uh, it played last year as part of the New Beverly Cinema. That's Quentin Tarantino's movie theater in Los Angeles. Every October, they do a horror all-nighter, which I think is like either 10 movies or 12 movies, and it played as part of it, and uh, uh, Kerala Janice called it one of the best FU endings of all time. <laughs> so I was like, it, if Carla Janice is into it, I'm into it. Uh, and so I, luckily it popped up on Tubi. I've been looking for it for a long time. There's not even a Wikipedia entry on it. So it's, it's a little, little more obscure, but it is from Amando de Oricio, uh, who's best known for the Blind Dead films. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but guys, before we get into the main story, have you seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Uh, yes. I... We're related because we're doing our Rocktober stuff as yes, well. Yes, we're doing our Rocktober stuff. We yeah. want to keep it like the other stuff that we're watching that are non. Yeah, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Do what you feel. Phil, you were saying? Oh, yeah. Um, I Last month I was going through the stuff that was uh, – I ran out of time. I was – I had like a wish list of the stuff that was leaving Criterion Channel last month. I only got around to watching Gun Crazy, the 1950 film noir, but it was an excellent choice and I couldn't recommend it higher. It was a long time blind spot for me and uh, stellar. Nice. Stellar film noir. Yeah, I've always meant to check it out and I should have watched it on Criterion, but I just, I just fell behind hmm. and stuff. Anything else? Oh, no. No? Cool. <laughs> yeah, movie watching's been really slow. Uh, Who's in... Um... Oh, wait, I did watch, uh, what was it, The Rider, uh, the second movie that directed by Chloe Zhao, who um, has uh, her new movies played uh, TIFF uh, 2020, um, oh. Nomadland. With, uh, I'm really looking forward to Nomadland. It, it looks oh, pretty good. So many, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, The Rider was also excellent. I watched that a couple weeks ago. Cool. 
Kit, what have you seen? Um, just not not that much as well. But um, let's see. I watched uh, I watched the Spike Jones uh, Beastie Boys documentary, The Beastie Boys Story. Yeah. Which was sort of disappointing to find out that it was just basically a filmed live presentation. Mm. Like, eh, that's fine. It was fine. If you're a Beastie Boys fine uh, fan, um, mm. it's good enough, right? You got um, um, doing like a rehearsed basically mm. segment. They're reading off a teleprompter. Yeah. It's fine. They, they're able to add some um, stuff to it. It's fun. If you like the Beastie Boys, uh, I guess I recommend that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last night, I um, I finally got around to watching uh, Last of the Mohicans. Ooh. Kind of on the strength of the Michael Mann direction and also um, friggin' what's-his-face? Daniel uh, Day-Lewis. Thank you. Completely lost the man's name there for a second. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, I remember that being kind of a big deal, um, critically when it came out, and I think I might have seen some of it on VHS, but not the whole thing, and I certainly didn't remember too much. Um, it's decent, basically, like a, uh, uh, an escort mission, um, mm-hmm. in movie form. Um, it's funny that all these, like, um, directors that are kind of known for doing slick, stylish, modern crime films all have to do at least one almost very stuffy um, period piece with, yep. uh, with, with bonnets and costumes, etc. Um, of course, uh, Martin Scorsese did Age of Innocence, um, and Michael Mann's done a bit more um, bro-y kind of a movie in um, Last of the Mohicans, which also, it features um, Wes Studia's... Um, uh, the, the villainous uh, um, Huron uh, man, uh, Mogwai, yeah. who speaks of himself in the third person strangely, um, but I, he came off pretty well. And uh, also uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's adoptive father, because he's not actually doing like red face, he's actually yeah. a white man raised by, uh, raised by natives. Mm-hmm. Uh, his father is a, a longtime native activist, uh, Russell Means, uh, okay. who plays mm-hmm. his father, which I thought was kind of neat. Cool. Um, yeah, overall, you know, good three and a half star movie. Nothing nice. special, but not not a terrible waste of time. Did you ever see that one, Graham? I did when I was younger. I don't remember. It okay. was on TBS a lot. I don't really recall the whole plot. But um, so I kind of went uh, uh, last week was actually, or was it last week or was it the week before? I think it was the week before last was the 25th anniversary of the release of the film Seven by David Fincher, and it was the 10th anniversary of the release of The Social Network, also by David Fincher. So I kind of went on a David Fincher kick. (coughs) I I watched The Social Network, Zodiac 7, and Gone Girl. Zodiac Uh, 7? Holy shit. I know. They made... It's (laughs) a temple franchise. Yeah. They still haven't caught him. Yeah. Uh, no, I watched the movie Zodiac, the movie Seven, the movie Social Network, the movie Gone Girl. Uh, it was interesting to watch them, especially like... No uh, no girl with a dragon tattoo? No, I, I just, I have that here somewhere. I just haven't watched it. I just wanted to watch ones I haven't, I don't really recall. I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, girl with a dragon tattoo is one of the first Blu-rays I bought. So I think I've seen it within the last maybe five years or so. Mm. But... Um, but yeah, like Gone Girl was interesting because up until the twist happens, I'm like, I don't like this movie. It's kind of just bleh. And then when the twist happens, which I knew was coming, it got really good. And it's also really interesting because I know that there was a backlash because apparently when the book was released, 
the um, the character of Amy in it, played by Rosamund Pike, was kind of seen as the hero of the novel. Like people really liked her; they thought she was funny and and smart. Whereas in the movie, she's kind of just a psychopath. Um, I don't and- remember being a psychopath in the movie. I remember she has a monologue where she um she swears a lot, and I was like uh, rolling my eyes a bit. The I kind of forget how that one ends. What's that? The cool girl monologue. Yeah, I hated it. I did not. I did not dig the cool girl monologue. I thought the swearing seemed um, contrived. See that that's the apparently the the cool girl. The cool it's girl from was the national book. straight from, from the book. book. I believe it. I just don't think it's very. It, I don't think it's an example of good writing. But you know, who am I? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say like that. Wasn't that a chapter? Did you read the book? Phil? I never read the book, uh, but to my understanding, that's straight from the book. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I think I think that whole book. monologue was a whole chapter in the book, um, and like women really liked it. But apparently, it was just I remember when it came out, like some people were like, "Oh, in the book, she's clearly like the cool protagonist that you that you get behind." Whereas in the movie, she's just you know a psycho who decides to set up her her husband who's cheating on her for her fake murder in a state where they have the death penalty. And then she's even planning to like kill herself so that there's an actual body left just to get the final laugh from beyond the grave when he gets sent to the electric chair. And then, so it's, it's bonkers, but uh, yeah, a real fun movie, uh, social network. Interestingly enough, I wasn't as enraptured as I used to be with the social network. I think it's probably because when that movie came out, I was a lot closer to, the ages of the characters in it mm. and now i'm just like you 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 stupid kids like like oh my god just shut up why are you guys being like the the whole reason they have any sort of fight between each other is over dumb petty stuff that you would only get into when you're you know a teenager or a, or in your early 20s and also uh Mark Zuckerberg, like, he's so worse now. Like, they actually, like, remember when the movie came out, they're like, oh, he looks so bad. It made him look so bad. It's like, no, he actually, it turns out he's a lot worse. Yeah, he gets worse and worse. They should make a social network, too, and just... That, well, I was hearing, a, there were rumors that Aaron Sorkin was working on the social yeah. network, too, and... Oh, yeah, it's written by Aaron Sorkin. I forgot about that. He's yeah. got that Sorkin vibe to the dialogue. I don't like uh, Sorkin, but I would eagerly watch a social network too he can uh, he can when he's writing stuff like that it's okay obviously the yeah. west wing's a bit of a yeah. um, moneyball's all right moneyball think, was yeah i remember moneyball being decent um well, i don't think he writes dialogue the right. way people actually speak oh, whatsoever, oh, oh, oh. he didn't write moneyball he wrote he? the screenplay for it he wrote the screenplay really? the adaptation the steve zillion joint or whatever his name is that that I screenwriter so. i think it was a working thing Obviously adapted from the Michael Lewis book, but mm-hmm. but um, but no, I, I find Sorkin works well when he's filtered through someone else. Yes, mm-hmm. I never saw that um, movie, the ice skating movie he did. What was it? No, no, it wasn't ice skating. It was a uh, Molly's Game, which he directed, and I heard it was kind of uh, had some weird plot points to it. Yeah, yeah. But so none of them, you know, so. Moneyball was written by Steve Zillion, but Aaron Sorkin did a polish on it. Ah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then uh, Zodiac and Seven, even though they're two different sides of the serial killer movie coin, both great films. Still like them. And it's like even now, like when when Kevin Spacey shows up at the end of Zodiac, you're just like, oh, good lord. 
You mean seven, right? Yes, seven. Seven. I mean, he shows up pretty early, like not too early, but like within there's 40 minutes to go still when he when he arrives. Yeah, but still, you're just like, oh, right, it's that real life creep. He's good in it because he is. There was a. I remember. I think like the first time that um, Kevin Spacey um, hosted SNL. Mm-hmm. And they did a whole opening gag, uh, you know, when they, they come out and the, the person does their speech. They did a whole opening gag that um, Kevin Spacey is really good at playing uh, sociopathic uh, bad guys because he is a sociopathic bad guy. Um, and it, it's turned out to be absolutely true. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> but he is he's good as uh, John Doe in that movie. I, I challenge you to, to argue otherwise. It's just mm-hmm. he's a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so is Brian Adams. Yes. Brian Adams is a terrible person? Well, he... With a B. We're talking he, Brian, not Ryan. I always get those. No, They're Brian Adams. Terrible. No, because he, he went on this They're racist... terrible, though. He went on this racist tirade about Chinese people earlier this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I remember And then when he got that. called on it, his response was, I'm not racist, I'm vegan. <laughs> there's a lot... There's been a, an awful lot of racist vegan propaganda this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's always been there've always been lots of racist vegans, but uh, yeah, they've, lots they've of racist vegan propaganda, but they've yeah they've really gone through the roof this year. Yeah, you wish that these aging rock stars would just you know not because I mean like Van Morrison apparently is recording a whole anti like COVID is a hoax. Um, <laughs> yeah. Album. Oh God. It's like I love you, Van Morrison, but don't just stop. <laughs> just <laughs> shut up and sing Moon Dance. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, God. All right. So let's move on to the movie that we're here to talk about tonight, and that is the awesomely titled Demon Witch Child. It is a, a solid uh, title for a movie. Yeah, I always feel like that would be, like, a really great black metal band. Oh, yeah, sure. Demon Witch Child. We're in, like, a doom metal band, too. Yeah, probably more doom metal now. Where does Phil, do you know, have you heard of Night Witch? Yes, yeah. Are they doom metal or just thrash metal? I can't even remember what they sound like, but I've definitely heard of them. I want to say yeah. thrash metal, but... Uh... They're more thrash metal, but they're, they're really aggressive and really good and also really young, and it scares me. Um, all right, so... So Demon Witch opens up with... Uh, okay, so I have to ask let you guys... Let me this. fetch my notes. I didn't write too many notes, but... Okay, I wrote a bunch, so I'll cover for all of us. But um, well, we should point out that Demon Witch Child is a Spanish production that was also released under the title of The Possessed, and the power of darkness. The film I'd also was- like to, to point out, we watched it on Tubi, I guess we all did, and yeah. Uh, yeah. the uh, restored print. Man, because, <laughs> um, oof, it looks pretty rough. For When it started, I thought, oh, are these scratches on the film? Is that put on? Is that just an effect? No, that's, that's it's mm-hmm. just rough. Um, yeah. And the, the snap and crackle, like an old record, give me a kind of warm feeling. It, mm-hmm. it adds to it. It's like when... <laughs> I, like, I, I remember on in the 90s, Global, the, the Global Maritimes channel, or Nova Scotia one, they actually played uh, the Bela Lugosi film White Zombie on a Thursday at like 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I recorded it, and I watched it back, and it was a crackly, scratchy print that they played. And it gave me that vibe. I'm like, I kind of felt like, I even wrote it down, it's like, Demon Witch Child is the kind of movie that you find on like a Thursday at 3 a.m. in the morning, yeah. And a set of rabbit ears on your TV. Oh, for sure. Ameri- like that, yeah. From an American station that you only get when it's raining. So it's like, it's it's that perfect like 4 a.m. movie where you're just like, what is going on? Um, 
like yeah, I was saying, funny. it's funny mm-hmm. because the uh the first time i ever watched the exorcist was at like two three in the morning on uh, city tv mm-hmm. yeah i even i missed the first half hour and it just happened to be on and i watched the rest of it and i had to sleep with the light on that night because i was only 16 at the time yeah i think you meant to say 12 <laughs> you're only 16 i was only I- 16 I can, actually, I can't remember. I might have been 15 or 14. I have really no idea. It was, oh, okay. I, I was on Tupper Street. When I sure. first saw it, when I was 17, it freaked hey, me out. I, if I was 16 and it freaked me out, I'd, I'd have no shame. Yeah, yeah sure. of course. It's a scary movie. Um, so, The Exorcist, yeah, speaking of The Exorcist, um, this is one of the many films that emulated it. Uh, there were other notable Exorcist films, uh, knockoffs, I guess you could say, which were Beyond the Door which was the Italian exorcist, Abby, which was also known as the Black Exorcist, and it starred the lead actor from Blackula in the Father Marin role, or analog, not the same role, because it wasn't a remake. Uh, there was the film Black Magic, and then the film The Manitou from the late 70s, which apparently is very well known. I've never seen it. I kind of don't feel like it. Anytime I've ever seen like the DVD cover, I'm like, eh, this looks gross, and I don't want to watch it. Let's, let's not forget Disco Godfather. Sorry? I've heard about Turkish Exorcist. I forget what the name of it is. But oh, right. Turkish Exorcist. It starts with an S, I think, but I is don't remember. Satan? Maybe. Like with S-E-Y-T-A-N or something? I think so. Yeah. That um, sounds about right. Mm-hmm. And then, Kit, what were you saying? Oh, I uh, can't forget about uh, Disco Godfather. Mm-hmm. I forgot Disco Godfather has an exorcism in it. I love how he's It's uh, Satan. Yeah, I, it was Satan. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I know my Turkish crappy crap cinema. Um, so I have to ask you guys this: Did the opening happen twice? Oh, hey Sigourney. It did yeah. <laughs> okay, because I was just. I like, thought it was an effect, or I guess it was just a mistake that was left in. But I thought it was like, yeah, it happened twice. Yeah. It might have been just like the print was like that they got was like hacked together from a bunch of different prints and that they just accidentally started the the first reel had like the the opening on it twice because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure because I drank and so have you either of you guys tried the Flying Monkeys Paranormal Imperial Pumpkin Ale this year? No, is it? Yes, good? I have. It's very heavy on the cinnamon. It's also very strong. I drank it one, is. one can. It says ten percent on it. I think that's a lie. I think it's more like 25. Because <laughs> I drank one can and I was like, oh my God. Beer. This really, really affected me. Like it was hard. Like I was, I, I had to go out for a walk to kind of like walk it off. Um, but yeah, so I was drinking one of those when it happened. I'm like, did I just envision that or did it actually happen? So it starts off with um, who I thought was an old man, but it turns out it's actually the gypsy witch. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a strange same. monk. Yeah. I thought it was a strange monk for a long time. And then I'm like, oh no, it's a gypsy witch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who just goes through a church and just starts wrecking stuff. Um, I wrote down, it kind of looks like a candle mass music video to a degree. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, I kind of felt that like the um, <laughs> candle mass probably got a lot of their fashion tips from the, uh, the satanic gypsies that live just outside the Spanish city. Oh, for sure. Which by the way, I'm always kind of like, don't they realize that gypsies are like Christian? It's very bizarre to me. Um, that gypsies were so feared in the 70s, still in Spain for some reason. Um, so yeah, my note, my initial note is the print is scratchy as hell, which totally sets the mood. And uh, then we're introduced to our main character, Father Juan, who is- Father Juan! 
<laughs> who is not unfortunately an old drunk man, which I was hoping for. <laughs> I want the old drunken Irish priest like, ah, let's go get that bloody demon. Um, oh, he's just a young, handsome priest. Yeah, young, handsome priest, but very dour and depressed all the time. Probably because he had to give up his girlfriend. I know. Well, then why did you do it, man? I know. He could have just done it. He could have just joined the Church of England. You can marry. You can be a priest and marry. Doesn't end. And uh, didn't that didn't apparently that didn't work out too well for his uh, uh, mistress, who then becomes a prostitute and a drug addict. I know. I did not (laughs) see that coming. No, that was a left field turn. We are jumping. Dies? How did she die? I'm sorry. We are jumping ahead, but I think alcoholism. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Because the other prostitute tells him when he shows up at the brothel, like, before he knows. So we're jumping far ahead, but we see in a flashback that he basically dumped his girlfriend to become a priest, which she had no idea was happening, which is weird that, like, out of nowhere, he's just like, you know what? I decided our relationship is over because I found something new. Well, I got the Uh, sense that she's like, you haven't responded to my letter. So I guess they'd been apart for a few months. Right. It was before digital communication when you could just text someone like, sup? Question mark, smiley emoji. Oh, coming a priest. Sorry. She thinks he's cheating, but you know, he yeah. was cheating he on God with her. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He's been seeing the Lord. Yeah. Yuck. Um, so he, uh, so yeah, so this is way in the, in the, like, this is about halfway the movie. We learned that he used to have a, a girlfriend. And then later on in the movie, he gets summoned to a brothel because a girl is very sick and she's asking to see a priest. And he walks in and it's her with, and apparently her life just fell right apart after they broke up. Cause I love now, that she's just, yeah, she's just wearing her prostitute gear too. She's like, yeah. look what you've reduced me to in her like scantily clad, perfect body still like just looking great. And she went from being a blonde to a curly redhead. So that's the clearest sign that her life has ended. Um, and he like wants to help her, but she, she only wants him if he, he's going to like leave the priesthood and join her, but he can't. He's kind of a jerk, um, to be yeah, honest. He's very, like, not fun. Yeah. It's like, it, I know it amazes guy... me that she threw her life away because this guy didn't want to be with her. Yeah. Well, they're just to get back at him, seemingly. <laughs> yeah. You go to God, I'll show you. Um, <laughs> I'll go to but, the devil. Yeah. But I, I feel that, um, how do I put this? I feel that they were trying to put in the moral. Uh, the, 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 the crisis of faith that Father Damien had in The Exorcist with his yeah. mother, but with this totally ridiculous subplot of like, he breaks up with this, yeah. with this horse rider who then just instantly becomes a prostitute. Um, <laughs> very bizarre. And hey, we're not putting down sex workers. Sex work is real work. It's just, it's portrayed as not being the best environment for a woman in 1970s Spain. Yeah, it's it's portrayed as being a the the downward path, the um, yeah, a path away from God, so mm-hmm. to speak. So basically, after the gypsy witch like uh, wrecks the church, we meet Father Juan. We also meet Mister Barnes, who is so is he the police chief or how is he? He's the commissioner. He's the commissioner because there's another. He's like the commissioner. Chief. He's like the politician guy because the chief right. of police is kind of the heavy set guy with the mustache, who I kept on confusing with the head of the, the newspaper. Yeah. They were, very much alike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, like it's, it's a little confusing, but yeah, so he's the police commissioner, which is an elected position, whereas the police chief is actually a position that you're promoted into. So 
they so and we're also introduced to Susan, who is his daughter, um, mm. who is portrayed by yeah, Marianne. she briefly comes up. Hmm. She briefly sort of waltzes in, happy as a happy as a clam. Yeah, kind of waltzes away. Yeah. So the interesting thing about the character of Susan, she's played by Marion Salgado. Sal- Salgado. 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 Um, who is eventually becomes possessed by the spirit of the gypsy witch. She has a very uh, strange look, even as a child. Just mm-hmm. Kind of Linda Manns-ish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But the interesting thing about her is that she actually was the one who dubbed the Spanish voice of Linda Blair for the Spanish release of The Exorcist. So it, it all ties together. Um, but she's good at doing multiple voices then, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so we, we're introduced to her and she's being taken care of by a, a governess, I think is the term. Essentially, yeah, she's got a governess mm-hmm. whose boy, boyfriend uh, works for the paper. Yeah. And the governess and the boyfriend, uh, I think they're supposed to be quite young. They both look uh, like they're in their 40s. Oh, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was freewheeling. That's the look of the time. Yeah. A lot of movies had, like, I mean, I still remember in The Love God, um, uh, oh my God, Barney Fight. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Oh God, Don Knotts. Don Knotts Knott. is supposed to be playing like a 21 year old in that movie and he's <laughs> clearly 48. I didn't realize he was supposed to be 21. He's supposed to be like a young man because like his girlfriend looks like she's 16 and he's supposed to be like 21 or something. He must and... be late 20s is what they're going for. Anyway, who knows? It makes a bit more sense as a Vols uh, because he's a Vols cell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so back to this film. So uh, Juan is meeting with the police commissioner because it was his church that got ransacked and they stole one small thing. And uh, the chalice. Yep. And there's and also a missing child. Exactly. Um, and they think these things might be related. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they conclude that these things are related, but they're like missing chalice, missing child. Hmm. Both start with C. No. Um, <laughs> I, I think it actually has more to do with the fact that they know there's this weird satanic gypsy cult just living outside of town. Um, and so like when they actually go there, so the police instantly are like, so we meet Susan, she's on her way. And then the police are like, Oh, we're just going to go in and, and raid this and bring in the old witch. And they do. And like, this is the I one do. time we're, she's we're sitting right there. Yeah. The same, the very same, witch we just saw, um, rob the thing is like reading somebody's fortune. Yeah. And then her younger, I guess, daughter or, uh, or her protege, protege. Rides, and she swears vengeance against the police. Um, and so they, br- they bring the, the gypsy witch into custody and right away they're like, we know you've got the little boy, tell us where he is. And as opposed to like, I thought, you know, for sure this might be a thing where it's like a deserved curse where it's like a case of mistake and like, oh, they, they harassed the wrong person and now the child has to bear the sins of the father. But like drag me to hell. She is very much like the crone in yeah. drag me to hell. Mm-hmm. Except in this one, the police are justified because these I don't even want to call them gypsies because gypsies are real people. This satanic, no, they're, they're Satanists. Just call them Satanists. Yeah, these these satanic bastards basically are doing all the evil things that they said. They did kidnap a baby and steal a chalice. And she's, and, she's laughing about it too. And she's like, yeah. ha, 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 you'll never see that baby again. Yeah, they, they bring in the baby's mother. and like bring the baby, in the baby's mother. What investigation is this? And the and baby's the, mother pleads with her. Please and the baby's me. mother is also like, I was nice to you. And she's like, you only gave us some bread. And it's just like, what a <laughs> shitty, like whiny <laughs> satanic witch like oh my god it's just so uh jerks um <laughs> it's just like it was just a couple pieces of bread um 
And then she's even like, your son will never live another day in his life, blah, blah, blah. And then when the police are like, well, here's something you haven't thought of, science, because we've got this formula that will actually act as a truth serum. Sodium pentothal. Yeah. The witch is just like, oh, no, science, my enemy. And then she goes and jumps out the window. (laughs) Immediately chants something, I forget what, and then jumps out the window. Like, okay. Yeah. She doesn't die. She winds up in intensive care. And then... Dies soon after, though. She doesn't doesn't last long. No, 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 no. But so she, the, her office, her protege goes to the, to Susan and says, hey, I've got a present for you. And Susan is, no, she says, hey, what a pretty, like a nice teddy bear. Do you want to come over here and play with me? And Susan's like, no, I'm not supposed to speak to strangers. And then the gypsy uh, or the, the, the protege Protege. is like, is like, well, I've got a present for you. And then Susan's like, okay. And her present. Yeah. Is this toward the doll, which is yeah. the ugliest doll in the world that no little girl would. Um, it has no uh, limbs and no body. It's just a weird head with horns and a stump for the rest of like the world. It's like a pagan it's a idol. talisman, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pagan idol that has red glowing eyes. Yeah. And so and she takes that and she's and like, here's a necklace. Wear this as well. I know. And no one questions like, hey, little girl, where did you get this necklace full of human teeth and bone? Well, she was told, uh, she's actually given instructions here. She said, if anybody asks you where you got the necklace, just say you found it. Yeah. <laughs> but don't let them take it away from you. But a couple minutes later, I don't remember whether it's the mom or like the governess who's like... Uh, the governess, there is no mom. The, the, right. Governess who's like, where'd you get that hideous necklace from? Yeah, immediately, because that's a weird thing for a child to be I wearing. found it! Yeah, she gets possessed yeah. immediately because then she's oh, all like, are you having dirty sex with your boyfriend? Yeah. God damn. <laughs> but, not re- but the weird thing is like there's there's two possessions. That possesses her and then later on we see the, the soul of the witch get out of her body and then walk over and go into the little girl's body. Yeah, she's possessed by Ascator, this this idol, uh, a demon of Satan or something like that, and then also the witch. Because at one point, uh, skipping ahead, um, the the summoner, the the protege, the the gypsy Satanist, um, tries to summon the old woman, and then the girl comes, and she's like, "But you're not the old woman." She's like, "I am when I need to be." Yeah. There's there's two things going on here, neither of which are little Susan. Yeah, exactly. So that night, Susan sneaks out of bed goes to join up with the rest of the Satanists, and they just kill that baby. Man, they stabbed that baby right I know. In. I, I, I was like, where, where did I put it down? What's uh-huh. implied later by the dialogue is that they cut the baby's penis right off. Um, and then This movie goes it. places. The, it does. <laughs> that's not it the does. only castration. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the castration, and when then they find that uh, the other castrated body, they're like, it's just like the baby. So I guess they cut that baby's penis off and then drank the blood which rained out of it. And it's a, it's a, it's a bright red blood. It doesn't look like natural blood, but all the ladies love it. Yeah. Yeah. Susan also floats above her bed. This mm-hmm. is after... So she does this after she's been possessed, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. They, they have, well, they have to do that because that's the, that's the key of all the... the she gets possessed by the old lady and then comes out and... And levitates. Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 something, all right. But and she uh, actually, she, her features change to look like the old crone. Like she gets the big ugly mole and the mm-hmm. like the hairline goes. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, like, when she comes, becomes possessed by both the witch and the demon, she has all kinds of sass. She's just, like, oh yeah, just dissing everybody left, right, and center, accusing everybody of being, you know, a great big hoe bag. Um, well, this is uh, when the, the she meets the priest in the park at another point, and she's yeah. like, hey, are priests allowed to have sex and stuff? Do you got, like, boy junk under those robes? No, she like, asks, oh. like, do you, are you like other men? Do you have a thing? And he's, he's like, like, well, yeah. He's like, priests are just like other men. And then she's like, well, why don't you? Oh, you must have a girlfriend then. And yeah. he's like, no, uh, priests aren't allowed to do that. And she's like, what are you, some kind of queer? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, so you're either queer or you're impotent. I think that's yeah. what she says. <laughs> and then yeah. runs off. And then that's when he has his long think about uh, times past when he was in love with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... Where do we go from there? I'd also like to point out that little Susan, she has stuffed toys and everything, but she also has a dartboard in her room, which I thought was amusing. Who's the 70s? Here's this sharp object. <laughs> what, what little girl doesn't love playing the old dartboard? You know, she goes into the pub, has a few cigarettes. And yeah, one of those neon uh, Budweiser signs also. I had a dartboard at that age. <laughs> Maybe it's a European thing. Maybe it was just sort of like, I don't know, a dartboard. I don't know. I mean, they televise darts on sports channels nowadays. It's true. Yeah. I always love how, like, watching British darts on TV, yeah. always the some really out of guy, but his wrist is amazing. <laughs> it's just like, he, you can just see him, like, he doesn't even move his hand, it's just like, and it's like, bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. And you're just like, wow, like, this guy, like, picked up this hobby probably when he was 12 and stuck with it. Yeah. Any exercise. Like, it, yeah. His wrist is just like, the best that even hurt right there when i did a little um but yeah so uh where do we go from there guys um there's not too much plot this is actually where i stopped writing i i write i stopped writing after the susan has a dartboard in her bedroom huh. um i guess the family uh because there's a there's a maid as well the maid goes in to like serve her breakfast and where's little susan susan's not in her bed and we think oh she's still being a witch um, but then we hear some laughter and we look and, oh, Susan's back to normal. She's no longer um, looking like a crone, uh, but she's got that sass. She's got that weird kind of um, mean humor. It's not even telling funny jokes. It's just insulting people and then laughing about it. She's like Don Rickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, at least Don Rickles had some, had some uh, punchlines. Your mother knits socks in hell. Um, and then, man, what... Uh, what does happen? Because, okay, so the reporter, mm -hmm. we kind of find about him. Uh, he's working He's working this angle. Uh, the, the, oh, the baby is found by some school children. Right. I remember that they because that was, that, they were like, they, these I wrote down, these kids straight up just have rock fights in the middle of the day while they're all playing in this, in this like, uh, scrapyard. As and you they, do. Yeah. And then they find the baby. They find the dead baby. Mm -hmm. The mutilated dead baby. Yeah. Um, and the and, newspaper publishes a publishes a picture of the dead baby. Well, the 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 newspaper guy he because the our our reporter he writes up a story blah 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 kind of accusing the police commissioner of not dealing with these satanic gypsies uh, well enough. Um, and then the newspaper head, the editor, he's like he calls somebody over and he's like, go to the funeral, try to get a picture of the baby, make sure you get a picture of the wounds. We're running that front page, and I'm like, what? newspaper would print that <laughs> I, I don't think even like the uh 
you know, I don't even think like the worst like a uh, British tabloid would be like, look at this baby's mutilated body. Nowadays they would. Maybe. And the reporter is called the yellow journalist a bit later on in the movie as well. Yeah, that is, that does crop up. Is that a racist term? I've never, I don't know the etymology of that term. I don't, it sounds like it would be a racist term, but I'm not sure. Not sure. It, it does it just mean like, um, yeah, I have no idea even what it means, but he is called a yellow journalist. By well, I mean, yellow is used in reference to Asian people, but he, he was not an Asian person. But no. I mean, just maybe in, in terms There's of... There's a term yellow journalism. It's just... Oh, journalism. Okay, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, Should probably look that up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah, I want to say like I kind of. Oh, I I just remember like there was a whole bunch of like spooky stuff going on. Phil, did anything else significant happen between um, the the baby being found and when she goes to her aunt's place? Remember that's when the movie kicks. Well, there's that long extended flashback of uh, priest dude, right, his, with his ex girlfriend where he's trying to explain ex, her. Yeah. yeah, and then we go on that journey, and he discovers she's a prostitute. And yeah. Then we hear the next day she died. Um, I just uh, I don't understand why like becoming a prostitute makes you dye your hair red. Um, maybe it's a wig. Red. Yeah, it could have been a wig. Yeah. Very perm-like. Oh, by the way, yellow journalism uh, and the yellow press are American terms for journalism and associated newspapers that present little or no legitimate well-researched news while instead using eye-catching headlines for increased sales. Uh, the term comes from a comic called Hogan's Alley, like a turn-of-the-century thing, which featured a yellow-dressed character named the Yellow Kid. And that's where that term comes from. So, so basically, you're, you're basically your Toronto son, in other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just sensationalism, blah blah blah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it. Uh, I mean, I, I remember like the film kind of like when she sneaks out and confronts. So we're we're gonna jump ahead because I honestly can't remember what happens in between the section. Well, there's there's like a, a neat scene where she uh, seems to crawl down the uh, building backwards, yeah. which obviously yes. they just, they just turn the like, camera upside down. Yeah, turn the camera upside down. You can kind of tell, right. but it still sort of has that effect. Uh, she's able to disguise her voice pretty well. She 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 calls the or is this what you're getting to? She calls the reporter. Right. She she can pick up as, her voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As the governess's voice and says, "Hey, why don't you? I need to see you. Uh, it's really important." And of course, he comes. And then she tries to, as the old crone, tries to seduce him, tries to have sex with him. And that uh, doesn't work. Still in her little kid's body. It's a very yeah. weird scene. Very uh, unsettling. And uh, she ends up just bashing his head against the. Uh, um, the cement killing him. Yeah, and then it's like, oh damn it! Now I don't get to have sex. And then she checks out, like she reaches down his pants, is like, nah, that's not much. You're well hung at least. And then she cuts his penis off, and then later delivers that as a gift to the governess. Like, here you go. Yeah, I remember like when that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going places. Like, yeah, yeah. you really like this present, mom. Well, as soon as they stabbed the baby, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this this movie doesn't have many uh, bars." Stabbing babies right old. away. It's like a goddamn stabbing babies. Time. Yeah, most movies won't cross that line. No, Demon Witch Child did. Um, <laughs> well, I do like the fact that they 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 dance around the fact, like they discuss an exorcism possibly being done to relieve her of this this curse, but they never actually do an exorcism, which I, I was impressed with. I figured for sure yeah, that scene where she'd be tied to a bed. Because they even have an exorcism in Beyond they the do tire to They do tie her to a bed at one point. Oh, yeah. But she but, gets out. Yeah. Um, 
and then now there's a whole thing where like she shows she goes to her aunt's place because they're gonna kill another baby um and i just remember when she shows up to her aunt's place her first words are like like hey where's my baby cousin and like her aunt's just like oh sweetie we've been looking for you and she's just like where's my baby cousin oh he's in the other room has he been baptized yet uh no it's like that's a really weird what a strange yeah that's a big red flag right there yeah there there was other weird bits of dialogue too like there's a scene earlier on where um i guess things are going out of control at the house uh doors are like yeah rattling in their jams and like going and things are floating things are levitating and 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 the governess uh calls for the maid and is like what's going on here and the maid's like I don't like to be spoken to in this term. I'm not your servant. Like, well, I mean, come on. Things are floating around the house. Maybe yeah. now's not the time to uh, redress this. Yeah, I know. Well, it was interesting because, like, I feel that the the stuff that about this film that didn't quite work was when they were directly lifting from The Exorcist, like her floating above the bed, the stuff moving around. But the... The, uh, the voices a little bit. Um, but the one... Because um, mm-hmm. they're like, your daughter's very smart. She speaks eight different tongues, including some dead ones, and she made fun of my knowledge of theology. <laughs> <laughs> and the dad is like, my daughter's not that smart. She's an average at best. Yeah. Harsh. Well, no she's kind of an idiot because that. I wrote down that, that Susan is kind of an idiot because she right away just takes the gypsy's present or the... Uh, Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't like, talk to strangers. Oh, a present? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, kids, do you want some free candy? Are you a stranger? Yeah. Yes. Sure. My parents um, didn't say anything. This is before Stranger yeah. Danger, and yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how do we, because I remember she steals the baby. Yeah, so she takes off with the baby, and like the the aunt notices right away. You can see her running away with the baby, so calls the authorities. Yeah. Um, they're all pretty much concerned, um, except maybe for like the police commissioner, that this is uh, a possessed body. Even the priest who you know, he believes in, in, in God and all this stuff, but he doesn't really take any exorcism seriously. Yeah. He asked about it directly, and he's like, I couldn't even perform an exorcist if I wanted to. You've mm-hmm. got to be a certain type of priest, and, and they don't do that unless they know for sure, and well, we don't know for sure. The interesting thing is that the entire concept of exorcism up until the movie The Exorcist came out was considered dead in the Catholic Church. Like, it was literally something that they're like, we don't do this. It's not like they're like the Vatican. The Vatican can authorize a, an exorcism. No, they can't. Like they just, they just, it's not a thing anymore. And it was only like fringe, like extreme, like offshoots of Catholicism that still were like pushing the exorcist thing. Like exorcism, it wasn't until they actually made the film The Exorcist that it came back into popular culture and people are going to the priest like, I think, I think my daughter's possessed. Can you give her an exorcism? And the priests are just like, lady, like she just has a cold or she's mentally ill. Like, um yeah there was this uh i forget this american blogger i can't remember his name rod something yeah but um he was really he's very religious kind of like born again type but uh maybe like catholic converted to catholicism and he's like yeah my name my 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 buddies uh, yeah not born again i used the wrong term yeah um but uh he's like yeah my buddy's wife is possessed uh by a demon um she will often like just like growl in her sleep and uh just says you know i don't i don't i don't like it here i don't like you uh so she's obviously possessed by demon and uh, my buddy and his wife don't know what to do they're getting an exorcist i don't know what happened with that story but well that, that's the thing too is that like the majority of people that actually perform exorcisms now or believe in it are not from the catholic church or any of the main denominations they're always some like reformed independent baptist or 
or weird church that, that's just like super like, I will drive the demon out of you or something like a, a snake handler or whatnot. But um, so how do we get to our climax here? Because I remember the climax very vividly, but because um, I know that at one point she imitates the voice of the police chief or the police, yeah, the police chief. And he's like, hey, that's my voice. How'd you do that? I thought um, it was like the police lieutenant. Uh, right. Yeah, he's the guy with the mustache that's like Lieutenant Morrison. I'm Lieutenant Morrison and I'm a big dummy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He tries to interrogate her. He tries to like condescend and be like, You wanna play a game? Mm-hmm. Wanna, I'm gonna ask you some questions and you'll answer me them as best as you can. Yeah. It's right before the governess gets the severed peen in the box. Right. The severed yeah. peen. Um yeah, there's a, a few odd things. Like when they find the um the reporter's dead body. His uh, his chief comes in and he's like, yeah, he was following the lead. He's uh, blah, blah, blah. And I guess he just got mixed up and you got to take this seriously. And he's like not at all upset that his uh, star reporter is dead. Of course not, because he's not, a, <laughs> his his character isn't supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, ah, oh, crap, we lost another reporter. Well, I've got 17 more. It's no big deal. <laughs> if I only had five left, I'd be concerned. This guy didn't dick. Yeah. Put it on the front page. Mm-hmm. Let me see that dick, dick in a box. <laughs> it was a dick in a box. It's the original <laughs> dick in a box. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they got it from. Demon Witch Child to Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah. And then uh, the, I guess this mm-hmm. leads us all to the big climax. Oh, yeah, this the police? is a pretty funny scene. Mm-hmm. Because I, they follow her somehow. They're able to follow her pretty well to the what? witch's coven. Well, I remember that it's like, it's, like the priest, her family, the governess, the cops, like everyone's just chasing her on foot through the woods. Um, they come across the witch's coven. And this is the funny part to me because they're about to sacrifice the child. They're praying to Satan for power. We know, we know you're real. We know you're there. And as soon as the cops show up and like say, hey, this is the police. The witches just tear ass out of yeah, there. They're scary. just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> not, not. Not feeling the protection of Satan anymore, I no, guess. No, because the police have guns. <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, crap. Yeah. And they shoot the uh, the protege, the uh, woman who usually goes, she likes to do these things bare-chested, but with a lot of necklaces to cover up most. Uh, it, well, that, that's the thing. I was going to say, like, from a sexuality point uh, perspective, this isn't as pervy as a lot of the other films from this era, especially no. from it's, Europe. It's pretty light on the perviness. Outside of castration, it's like... Uh... Yeah, even, um, uh, so we'll talk about it a little bit more, uh, but uh, Amando de Oricio's, de Osorio's films, like, uh, I remember Tombs of the Blind Dead, on the back of the DVD case, they talk about a lesbian affair, and it's handled pretty well. I remember, uh, he's not going to listen to this, but I, so I can just say it, John Baxter, uh, a buddy of mine, he, like, read that on the back, and he was so stoked that there was going to be, like, lesbian scenes, and then he was so let down. He complained about oh. it like a week afterwards. We'll see if this comes back to haunt me. Maybe I'll cut this out. Maybe I won't. I probably won't. Um, <laughs> I do remember that when, uh, when a you know, being a um, mm-hmm. thirteen to fourteen year old boy, when it was like uh, adult situations and sexuality, and you're like, ooh, and then it's like just a frank conversation about sex and no actual nudity. And it was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we're following her through the woods and she's at one point she ditches the baby because her aunt finds the baby and then the priest is following her. And then he basically is confronted by her and he, you know, reaches into his bag of tricks, which is basically just like, I have a crucifix, uh, forces her back. 
She, yeah. Well, she briefly turns into his, because we sort of I, mentioned it I, too I, early, but uh, the whole prostitute thing where he goes to see his uh, ex-girlfriend, who's now a prostitute, um, and then later gets news that she's dead. Just mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, she's dead. She died of whatever. Not even sure still. I think I missed the uh, brief second. Um, she died of being a bad person. Because I wasn't like, she wasn't killed by the, the witch. She wasn't killed by the... I think, I think she just drank herself to death. Anyway, so she takes the form of his uh, girl, his ex-girlfriend and says, oh, you, you can't kill me. Remember how you abandoned me and blah, 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 and let me die and all this stuff. And don't you feel guilty about that? And he has a few moments where he's like, oh, man, I really do. Uh, you can tell he's wrestling with emotions, but then he's like, no, no. And he takes out the crucifix and then um, burns it into her uh, forehead mm -hmm. and then pushes her back. So she falls on um, a metal railing. Yeah, and after that happens, the the burn mark of the crucifix uh, heals pretty rapidly. She turns into the little girl again, and then it's Susan. She's like, "I'm finally free, and now I can die in peace." And she dies. <laughs> the end. Nobody, nobody is happy at this ending. No. <laughs> yeah, like Car like Carla Jeannie said, it's a big fu ending to the I mean, audience guess... and everybody involved. In The Exorcist, the priest has to kill himself. He has to absorb the demon and kill himself. And I thought yeah. maybe something like that would happen, but nope. No. Nope. Sacrifice. Nope. And that was Demon Witch Child. Um, okay, so I'll talk a little bit about um, some uh, behind-the-scenes facts. There's not much much to go on. I couldn't find much. I mean, it's your standard, like, we need to, like, put out something like The Exorcist. So, like I was saying, it was written and directed by Amando Di Osorio, uh, who was born in 1918 and began his film career in the 1940s, shortly after the end of World War II. Uh, it wasn't until the 1970s when he began making horror films that he gained attention, and he laid the foundation for the Spanish horror boom of the 1970s. Uh, his first film was actually a filmed monologue of an actor meditating about doom in the film La Bandera Negra, a.k.a. The Black Flag, which was released in 1956. In the 1960s... Uh, inspiration for the, uh, the band name, or...? No, no, no. Uh, Black Flag comes from pirates. Um, uh, so he, in the 1960s, he made the Spanish Western Tomb of the Pistolero, uh, which is not a spaghetti Western because it wasn't uh, Italian produced, but a lot of Italian Westerns were shot in Almeria, Spain, which is probably where he spot shot that film. Uh, his first horror film was 1969's Malinka, the Vampire's Niece. And he is best not known for the Blind Dead series of films, which include Tombs of the Blind Dead, Return of the Blind Dead, a.k.a. Return of the Evil Dead, The Ghost Galleon, and Night of the Seagulls. Um, I've seen the first two films in that series. They are super fun. Uh, I like them a lot. They have the interesting conceit of... they, And it's like you could tell it was made by a Catholic because the Knights Templar are like the evilest things that ever existed, whereas in reality... They were another. They were a group of Christians that were persecuted by the, the by the Vatican. Um, so it basically features undead Knights Templar who have had their eyes plucked out, so they're actually blind. So you have to be silent around them, or else they'll catch you. And it's very creepy because they don't make noise. It's super creepy, super fun. He uh, passed away in the year two thousand one at his home in Madrid, Spain. The film stars Julian Mateus in the character of, uh, or as the character of Father Juan. Um, Mateus is best known in North American to North American audiences 
for portraying the character of Chico alongside Yul Brenner in the film Return of the Magnificent Seven, AKA Return of the Seven. Angel Del Pazzo plays Dr. Mr. Burns, who is the father of the possessed Susan. He is best known to North American audiences for playing Yuzak uh, in Richard Lester's adaptation of The Three Musketeers in 1973. Um, and that's all the background I really have on this film. Guys, did you do any research or dig up anything else on the film? I tried and there was like no dice. Yeah, it's it's very, like, I feel that this film, I, I know it, it must have played theatrically because there is that that widescreen yeah. film print. And, but I, ha, like, I, for the longest time, thought that it was just a, like, a VHS release from the mm-hmm. 80s. That got known, but there a was a cursory a- Google search uh, led me to the Almo Drafthouse link because they had they showed a thirty-five millimeter print of it. So I don't know if that was like a touched-up print or what. They they would they would have a print of it for sure. I feel like that's what we were watching was the touched-up print, but maybe mm. maybe that's as much as you can touch it up. I yeah. guess so. Well, I know that the dra- the Alamo Draft House has their own archive of prints, so I don't yeah. think it was the same one. This was the. We should point out that this release was done uh, as a collaboration between Cinema e- Epoch, which also initially released all the uh, Rudy Ray Moore films, and mm-hmm. it was also in collaboration with Code Red DVD, which mm-hmm. is the infamous, uh, very hard to find any information on DVD company that has the rights to certain films. Where you're just like, how did this this small company get the rights to this? Uh, they're also notorious for not selling their films overseas and for holding on to rights forever and not producing any more copies because they're owned by a crazy man. Mm. He'll probably listen to this and ream us out. Um, so yeah, guys, Demon Witch Child. Uh, Phil, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. <laughs> this, was yes. just, this was just the right level of bonkers for me. I, it was a blast to watch. Uh, I laughed quite a bit. I laughed with it, not at it. It's okay. You can, like, I feel that in making this film, they kind of knew what they were doing was a little ridiculous. Yeah. Like the little girl with the old women, with the old lady makeup on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they really lean into it, and it's just a delight to watch. And uh, Yeah. If you're, if you don't have uh, 31 movies for, uh, October to watch. Uh, make sure this is one of them. Oh yeah, because it's a diamond in the rough. For sure, Kit. Kit, what are your thoughts on Demon Witch Child? A, a little more lukewarm. Um, I mean, maybe just because I was a little tired, a little sleepy when I was watching it. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely got that atmosphere down. Um, and especially with the crackling pop and the the grainy film is uh, would be a good one to add to your horror list as film as Phil advises. Um, I found it. I mean, I know it's obviously derivative of The Exorcist, but I found that just a little bit. I don't know, a little too much, a little not. Some interesting things going uh, on besides some interesting angles and ideas, but um, didn't really. Uh, jump out of the screen at me. I liked it okay. You know, three stars for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was, it was, I really enjoyed it. Like, it, it's one of those things, like, I'm sure they can probably do, like, clean it up and make a pristine version. But who would want to watch that? Like, this crackling <laughs> pop, and it, it adds to the ambiance, it adds to the atmosphere. You know, you're, you're, it's like you're listening to something from, an, watching something from another time. Like, a lot of times when they clean up films, like, I mean, I have, I've got the, um, <laughs> the Blu-ray of Blackenstein, 
which was a very cheap film from the 70s that was meant to cash in on the success of Blackula. And Blackenstein, I'm like, man, like, if this movie was grainy and scratchy and had a little pop and a little crackle, uh, it would probably be enjoyable. But because it's this pristine, restored, beautiful-looking film, you just, you, yeah. well, you just see the fact, like, oh, they're clearly in a studio. Oh, I see on his neck where the makeup ends before you get, before it goes into his shirt. You I know. mean, you can see the makeup in, in this one, even with the grainy photos. But it's... Grainy film, but... Yeah. But it, it adds to the charm. It doesn't take away from it. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Out of all the Exorcist knockoffs I've seen, it's probably one of the, the more fun ones. <laughs> just because you got this little girl running around like a maniac, just ripping into people and cutting just dicks insulting off. Insulting people and then cutting their dicks off. Yeah. <laughs> but she talks like a 70-year-old New Yorker, too. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? You're screwing. <laughs> yeah, uh, super fun times. So yeah, that's a big thumbs up from me. So yeah, I guess I guess that's our episode on Demon Witch Child. Uh, I'd say we'd all recommend it. And yes. uh, yeah, even though we spoiled it, if you haven't listened, watch it anyways. Um, hey man, these films they're unspoilable. I mean, it's no, just it's yeah. fun to watch anyway. Plus, you can uh, you know watch it with somebody who has not listened to our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone should listen to our podcast. By the way, I should point out we we have we have surpassed 500 uh, followers on Facebook, which is it's small by the the you know realms of like a lot of other podcasts. But for us, like it's been a struggle to get. We've had to fight for every single follow we get. Um, this surge on Facebook has been great. I don't know if any of them actually are real people or they're just bots. But uh, hey, man. But you know, we don't. We don't discriminate at Death by Video about oh, who's real and who's not. Take all comers. Bot, human, whatever, man. Exactly. Um, Alright, so that's another episode of Death by Video in the can. So for Death by Video... I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I've been Graham saying, keep watching awesome movies, stay safe, Good night.